It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. Here at Yowie Central, we explore the latest on Yowie research in Australia. We hear Yowie witness testimonies and we talk to the experts. And we dive headfirst into paranormal encounters, UFOs and aliens, orbs, psychics and all sorts of mysterious phenomena. It's my 100th show today, everyone. Who'd have thunk it? I started Yowie Central in September of 2019 after a friend of mine who was doing a radio show on the local radio station, Main FM, asked me to co-host with her one afternoon as her usual co-host was sick. My friend, Yasmin, asked me to prepare something to talk about and... And as I had been researching the Yowie Bigfoot phenomena for many years, I decided I would talk about that. After the show, Yasmin said, that was really cool. You should do a show on Yowies. I was a social worker and I was working with victims of crime and I, I had left my previous job due to a toxic work environment and I was kind of between jobs. And so I thought, why not? I'll, I'll give it a go. It'll give me something to do. I'd never done radio before, never done a podcast before, so the lovely folk at Main FM gave me a little bit of training and then I did my pilot show and the rest is history, a hundred shows later. I'm so grateful to the Main FM crew and everyone who has supported me and cheered me on over the last two and a half years. 
I would not have been able to do it without help and support. So you people know who you are. I'm so grateful to you. Love you heaps. So I couldn't do my 100th show without the company of the founder of Australian Yowie Research, Dean Harrison. There wouldn't be a Yowie Central without the support and generosity of this man. He has been so generous with his time and his material. He's always encouraging me and he's let me interview him several times for the show, even though he doesn't really enjoy it. He has entrusted me with the task of interviewing Australian Yowie Research witnesses who contact us with their reports. And that is such a privilege and I'm so grateful to him for entrusting me with that task. I absolutely love working with Australian Yowie Research. I love doing those interviews. I get the chance to hear testimonies that many people don't get the chance to hear. So I really would be lost without my guest today, without Dean Harrison. Dean has spent the last 25-odd years documenting the Yowie phenomena, building an extensive database and sharing it with the public. It's all publicly available for free and He's also the foremost expert on the Australian Yowie in the world. In today's conversation, Dean shares some of the challenges the Australian Yowie research team face when they're out in the field. What can go wrong when you're out researching, like missing opportunities to capture these beings on film because you weren't quite ready, uh, and why we haven't put out quite as many witness audio reports of late, what's on the cards for 2022, some of the challenges he faces as a public identity and some of the personal setbacks he's had in the past few months. AYR is focused primarily on Yowies, but we often get anomalous reports that don't quite fit into the typical Yowie description. Mind-bending, woo-woo aspects that challenge what we think Yowies are and some things we just can't explain, like a portal opening and a Yowie walking out of it. So today, Dean also goes into some of the interesting anomalous reports that we've received. Without further ado, here is Mr Dean Harrison, founder of Australian Yowie Research. I couldn't have done my 100th show without inviting the man, the legend, Dean Harrison, to the show. Welcome back, Dean Harrison, to Yowie Central. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Nice to speak to you, although we only spoke about 48 hours ago (laughs) at length, like two schoolgirls. It's always lovely to talk to you too. The last time we spoke on Yowie Central, I think I was covering Kilkeven and my plans to put together a video on basically it was about the time that I was hit and what led up to that moment and what it was like and how it felt, you know, and in the aftermath of it. And, you know, I obviously received some criticism from some pretty nasty people out there. 
I haven't actually finished it. It was just such a whirlwind last year. There was so much going on. Uh, we had we went we had the thirty expeditions with about a thirty five percent success rate, which is pretty good. Yeah, you can't complain about that. With all that going on and trying to do all my interview, well, your interviews, but putting them together as witness audio reports, that was really time consuming. So. For last year, we were left with 70 recordings we still haven't written. Right. Is that, did you count them? There are 70. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> Get you know, cracking. No, there's, there's, there's 70 unwritten reports, which is time-consuming if, if you're going to write them up, and worse if you want to go out on an expedition and all the other things you want to do to the AYR website, such as putting up uh, photos of footprints, the latest media articles, Yowie footage that comes in or hearsay footage, uh, all that sort of jazz. For me to write all those up is almost impossible. Well, we've had Karen help us out, which is great. She's written up a few for us. But I'm not quite sure how we're going to get through the 70. And as you know, there's a lot more coming in right now. Yeah, I've got a, a fully booked week. My listeners maybe not don't know this, you do, but I schedule one interview per day. If you try and do two more than one, the second one I, I find I'm always just a bit lower in energy. So w- your advice right at the beginning was to just schedule one a day. Do not do one after the other. You just can't. It doesn't work. No, no. So, so I'm booked most weeks since, you know, the third week in January. I've just been booked every day. So... Uh, and they just keep coming in. I've got this week all fully booked, and, and next week starting to fill up too. So we're going to have to get cracking. We need we we need some admin, some super admin assistance. I reckon. I think we do. I think we do. I think yeah, we're we're going to um, have to delegate a few of these. Otherwise, they're, they're just going to sit there and not see the light of day for a while. Within those seventy that we haven't written up. I haven't listened to a lot of them, so I don't know which ones to make into a witness audio report. I know. We need a clone or five clones of you. Don't we? Yeah, <laughs> but again, like I was saying, I mean, it was a huge year last year where we had uh, we had the, the footage from Springbrook, which most people know about. And you know, there's, there's the footage also, uh, two, two lots of footage from um, Bellbird Grove, which is just uh, north of Brisbane. And also there was the footage that Gary initially took from just below Springbrook. So, we, you know, like I said, we've had a pretty sensational year. Yeah, absolutely. Those the, the guide cameras, the thermal cameras, were such a godsend. And as you said last year, a game changer. Yeah, that's right. And it really was a game changer in every aspect. I think I probably mentioned to you on YC that, about two weeks after we took that footage, we, well, I don't think we were having much action that night, well, not in my mind anyway, and we'd gone for the walk and myself and Gary had decided to walk back to base to get a couple of stools because we were going on a recce and Buck had stayed back at the crossroads and was filming us walking back and then saw this thing walk out right behind us. It would have been six foot, stooped, surgical crest, and walk right out behind us, up the trail behind us, and then into the bush on the other side. Now, the, the, the problem with that was he wasn't 
recording because we weren't expecting anything. And this is where things often go wrong on expedition and it's called complacency, but you're not expecting things all the time. You can't be recording all the time. Mm. To this day, you know, Buck still kicks himself. But this, getting back to the whole game changer per se, uh, these cameras are a game changer, uh, particularly at night time. Absolutely. I don't seem to find anything other than rabbits and kangaroos down here at the moment. <laughs> um, I've still got my fingers crossed. We'll spot some yowie action with my camera, but I, I guess it's not as not as active down here as it is up there. Yeah, but that's changing, particularly around your area. And one of my favourite reports that you recorded from last year was in the Victorian high country. Ah, uh, Mount Hotham. Mount Hotham, that's yes. right. And one of the reasons that it's one of my favourites is because there's such a backstory to the area that we could uh, contribute and it made it really interesting for, well, interesting for me, let alone everyone else who's listening. Uh, and that was audio report number 183. It's, if you haven't heard it uh, or haven't watched it, go, go and watch it because it's, it's worthwhile. And you find that on the AYR site. So that was, that was probably one of my favourites. Speaking of witness audio reports, I put up uh, late last year, I put up the story of Bill O'Chee. And this is when he was, uh, he was interviewed on Animal X in 94. And it was regarding, uh, I think, November 1977. And uh, the reason he came out and accepted to do that was because of uh, Tony Healy and Paul Cropper writing their book and exposed him pretty much. And the, the back story on that was just as interesting as the story itself. In fact, it's longer if you watch it. You know, the, the, the program of Animal X was only, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or so. But the back story to the preceding, uh, well, post, pre and post, I guess, uh, about you know, a guy by the name of uh, Scott Pilgrim, uh, David Window and his father, Percy Window. Uh, Percy was the ranger up there at Springbrook and uh, had a, a sighting two months later, and that sort of went on to Bill's story. But the cover-up of Bill's was incredible. The cover-up from the, the high school, uh-huh. uh, he was at Southport, and, uh, and Bill being Bill, uh, not taking a backward step on anything, he went to the local newspapers, and that's how <laughs> Tony, Tony Hill, I mean, he was only 14, he went to the newspapers. I so that's why that. he he was, such, he, was, he was just such such a successful guy, and like as I say in the narration, in as, every aspect of his life, he's, he'd been successful because he's just he, he 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 stood up for what he thought was right. I love I love that totally love the fact that a fourteen year old has had this incredible experience, seen a yaoi with all his classmates, and and the school tries to cover it up, and he's like, no, nah, sorry, I'm going to the media. Yeah, about it was, it. <laughs> It was two sightings over two days, and the first sightings when they first got there. Yeah, that's right. And they're all watching it from the uh, windows of their huts. They're watching this thing. It's tearing out the foliage and and carrying on. Uh, He said it was absolutely unmistakable what they're looking at. There's no person in the suit. Uh, And then day two came, and one of the teachers or one or two of the teachers actually got interested as well, and went up there and just before they're going to leave back to the school and Bill decided that he, no, I'm not going in there. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll let that for everyone else. So everyone else went in there and da, da, da. 
Now, everyone else down still by the camp, they said they saw the kids and the teacher go into the foliage, but to the right, further away, out comes the Yowie, out and then back into the, the forest, almost behind them, but it ended up going in a different direction. But that was number two. So on, on the, in the school bus on the way home, the principal, junior school principal, said there would be nothing said about this. We will not discuss it. Uh, forward, say, about a month, uh, Bill, of, in, in, he was uh, involved in the school newspaper, school magazine, and he wrote an article on it. And he said it was just so heavily edited that it was ridiculous. So that's when he just said, well, if you're, not going to, if you're not going to let us write about what we saw, then I'll go to the newspapers. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> go him. That's great. I admire, I admire that, that determination. It also led him to be tracked down by Tony Healy and Paul Cropper. So, but when they did, and, and they, they said at the time, uh, Tony said to me at the time, uh, for someone in his position in Parliament, there is, we thought there was not a chance of him coming forward. But not only did he come forward, he accentuated on the entire story to us. So they wrote it in the book. Uh, in Parliament, they found out about it, and he got mocked by the opposition, as you'd imagine. Mm. Uh, and then Anna Lex found out about it, and thus that that program. Fantastic. So there's all that like heading up to the, la- um, the last months of last year, and so and then also I was going to do the month that was about you know, all of our expeditions, but I never had time to do that either. So I was rock and rolling and racing right up until about the middle of December. And then I had to stop because I went on holidays up to Noosa, Cairns and Port Douglas. But, you know, in the last couple of months, we've done three docos. I've got another one coming up on Friday. Uh, more good news for this year, for 2022, is that the trilogy of Paul, uh, Paul Cropper and Tony Healy's uh, books is, is going to be published. So the first one was uh, Out of the Shadows. second one was The Yowie. And then this third one, which is basically covering 1821 to 2021. So they asked me for something that's recent that's come in the last couple of months to to keep it up to this year. So they've got that now. That's exciting, isn't it? I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. But, I mean, they haven't documented everything. Uh, They've just sort of picked, well, quite a few, but they're not – like with the Yowie, they documented as much as they could. But – with this one, they're sort of picking and choosing just some of the good ones. With so for twenty twenty two, what's the what's the plan for AYR? I know we haven't had a we haven't had a team meeting yet, but I'm sure you've been planning things for the year. What's on the What's on the cards for twenty twenty two? Well, I, I think it's going to be a big year for us. Like as I said, we're doing. Oh, I'm, I'm doing the, the fourth doco. Unfortunately, well, actually, this this documentary is with William Shatner. Uh, and oh, you're going, I, you're going ahead with that. That's great. Yeah, awesome. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't because everything's happening too soon. Everything's happening too fast. I didn't have time to do it, and and yeah, and also a problem for me was they said that they just wanted me where I'm a team player, and I wanted the other guys in there. 
So I tried to negotiate, but even still, they said, no, no, this, this is what we're doing. This is our format. Right. Uh, we want the one person to – so they want to go through my almost story where I was chased there and what started AYR, uh, all that sort of stuff. Oh, so cool. So, and so you're going to be best buddies with Bill after this. <laughs> yeah, Bill. <laughs> so he's right. he's interviewing you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, they, that's they, nice. They they booked me for Friday, and I've got. Well, they said to make sure I've got from eight a.m. to to four or something. So they're, they're going to do some footage from my TP, my house. Mm-hmm in my office, and then we're going out on location to Warmo. We're going to do some filming out there. How are they going to organise filming out there? Are you using your, your phone or a proper camera with a – have they got – Well, no, no, they've, they've, been, they've, they've hired an entire film crew. Oh, wow. With, with lighting and everything. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So they'll be setting up the, the office or, or where well, – they asked me to take photos and video of every single room, of which there's plenty, and – uh, they haven't got back to me yet which room they want. Anyway, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it, I didn't want to do it, and particularly because they just wanted the one person. But I've decided last minute, well, why not? Let's just get this one out of the way. And it's kind of been, been bugging me for a bit too, just that I've had this on my shoulders for the last you know, month or two. But beyond that, beyond that, books and docos and uh, last year, yeah, I think it's going to be a big, big year ahead we already started last weekend. Oh, well, COVID wasn't our friend, that's for sure. No. When I went out, well, first of all, I got my first vax several months ago and it was easy. I thought, yeah, I got this. What's everyone complaining about? <laughs> uh, vaccination two, I was bedridden for three days and I could feel every single organ in my body just aching. That's I could feel my heart, my liver, my kidneys. It was awful. And like I said, I was in bed for quite some time and a couple months later or not a couple months but probably about a month later which was entering into December um, I got this mystery pain in my side so I went to the ER because it was it was pretty serious stuff I was in a lot a lot of pain I'm thinking what is this an organ and the first thing that doctors were asking not only me but anyone was uh, admitted to the hospital, they were saying, I could hear them behind all the curtains, etc. saying, uh, have you had your vaccination? And if so, when was the last one? Uh, it was just the first thing that they'd asked. I thought, ooh, right. that's, mm-hmm. really, that's really saying something. Yeah. Uh, so they couldn't find everything. I did all the, all the scans and tests. In fact, I did them twice. And uh, we had a, an expedition about a week later, and I was in so much pain, just ruined the expedition. But you went on it anyway, instead uh, of staying in bed like you I, were supposed I, to. I, I, was, I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed <laughs> to be resting in bed, you know. So we went out there and we set up uh, two, three base camps, as we did on the, the one previous to that, which we had success. And this is myself and Steve again uh, beside the creek. Now, when you're beside a creek like a slow-running creek. Creek water makes all sorts of noises. It doesn't just sound like running water. It can, it can fool your mind into all different things, from voices to this to that. So that really didn't help. So night time came, and before night time, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. You know, I like to be 
as I said, a team player. I like to pitch in and do things, but everything, I couldn't bend over, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> and that was really frustrating for me. And getting into a hammock at night time was exhausting. Uh, and it was like, you know, 100 knives in your side. Oh, that's very and good. moving, when you're in a hammock, you've got to move too to try and get yourself comfortable. So that was outrageous. Uh, so straight away, off the bat, something runs through our base camp. And we go, what was that? Who the heck was that? Uh, and Steve's up straight away looking around because I can't move. And you get <laughs> arms up in the air, oh, unknown, back into the, um, into the hammock. And suddenly something comes up and touches both of us on the head. What? <laughs> we both freak out. I'm freaking out because I can't move. I, I can't reach for anything. I can't do anything to save myself. And that was really frustrating. And then 10 minutes later, something else comes running through the camp. And we went, oh, what was that? And then you're hearing the water trickling, and it sounds like somebody walking up the creek in the water. <laughs> so we had this going on all night, right? So what, what, did the what did the touch on your head feel like? Like, Was it hard or soft or...? Very noticeable, put it that way. Very, very noticeable. Right. It wasn't one of those giant huntsmen that fall on your head up there? No, no, no. They just, they just go for Gary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, what touches at that height? What, at that, that height, what is going to touch you both at the same time? And, and it's a, a feeling you're never going to forget. I mean, it was something, something reached out and touched you. And then you could hear it walking off. Uh, so by about... Oh, I think probably about two o'clock in the morning. Neither of us had slept because there's so many noises going on. Those crashing through the forest, the tree knocks, very, very strong, powerful tree knocks, and these were not natural. It sounded like a baseball bat on a on a tree. Um, so there's that going on with the activity around us, and I was just in so much pain. I was delirious, uh, and then we both just agreed. Let's just go back and sleep in our cars. <laughs> it's the first time we've actually wussed out and said no, enough's enough. Um, oh, and the other, the other funny thing, right? The other funny thing was that uh, Gary and Wade had come down to our our camp at, at one stage. I think I think Buck came down as well, and um, we were so glad they were there. We didn't want them to leave. That's how that's how freaky that night was. So, and with the the running, so something running through your base camp, running bipedally, quadrupedally. What? There's one we could put down to probably a native Australian animal, but there's other ones that we just. It was just too ambiguous. And so, at that stage. So if something's running through, you're, you're both in your hammocks. So if something's on the ground, if it's an animal on the ground, they might not have even noticed you guys swinging from the trees in your hammocks, right? Yeah. Well, no, we, we would have been seen. And plus I, would have, I, had a, um, I had a fire sort of going down there. Um, Buck and Al had both come down and helped us out uh, with, with setting up at, at one stage. And that was really, really helpful. Uh and so we got the fire going and had things organised, we had a table set up with chairs, etc. 
so whatever it was would have seen us. But we just went straight back to the cars. Well, I limped back to the cars. And I really paid for it for the next couple of, couple of um, days because you know, I really stirred things up that I shouldn't have. How do you go with – because you've had, you know, some of the most terrifying experiences with Yowies out there. Uh, how do you go with controlling your fear levels? Because do does your heart start racing? Do you start? Do you have to breathe slowly to calm yourself down, or does it not affect you that much anymore? I, I think you're in a group environment, you're okay. Well, I, well, I'll just speak for myself. I feel okay in a group environment. You know, I've, I've got Al and Buck and uh, Wade and Gary, um, and normally we have a few other people, Shannon's there as well. And you feel safe when you're a camping group environment. But when we split off like we began to do at night, I mean, it was great the first time, but, geez, that second time it was really disconcerting. It was it was scary because we'd already had the interaction with them on the previous trip, so we knew they were there and we'd found all the signs as well. So there's no ambiguity about them being there. And then have all that going on around you when you, when I was injured, and Steve also knew that. So I think that would have played on his mind as well, thinking that I mean, he's pretty much uh, the only man standing. Yeah, and was it wasn't that you see? You told me that that that's the most frightened you ever seen Steve. Was yeah, that, yeah. He 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 got up and he was kind of on duty on guard for a couple of hours. Or was that the other one? The other trip? That was the trip before. Oh right. So you can imagine how bad it was this time right. when we both decided to leave. Right. Yeah, if you if you both decided he's probably going through his mind how how the hell am I going to carry Dean out if I have to? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, know, you feel so much better when you've got a few men around you. But I was not in any state to do anything useful. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so just after then, I went to Cairns for two and a half weeks and met up with Cade, had, had coffee, and we planned to do a show. And again, coming down to COVID, I got a text message that I was a close contact at Fort Douglas. So Cade having a you know, wife and kids, we, well, we both decided it wasn't a good idea to do that interview. And then uh, about... Three, four weeks after that, I had this terrible heart at about midnight. It felt like something was grasping my heart. It was so painful. Uh, right on midnight, I woke up in terrible pain. And I'm clasping my chest thinking, oh, my gosh, is this what they call a heart attack? I had two choices, like, do I ride this out uh, or do I call an ambulance? If riding it out, is that the last bad decision I make in life? Uh, I'm going to drop dead. It was that bad. It was just that painful. But I rode it out and left after about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I did the Dr. Google thing, as everyone does, <laughs> and uh, and went and saw my doctor. And the first thing he asked was like, before, when was the last time you had a vaccination? And I said, oh, when it was. And he said, well, that's what it is. Great. And he said, so obviously you've heard this so many times before. Like I'm not against vaccinations. I don't. I don't generally. Oh, I've never had one before actually prior to COVID. But this this vaccination really hurt me. I had Moderna, which is one of the strongest ones, 
and reading up about it, you know, apparently there's there's a few issues with it. But that was a pretty scary incident to happen. Yeah. And, he, and he said, well, expect that sort of thing to go on for you know, six months, all sorts of weird stuff to happen to your body. You're listening to Dean Harrison of Australian Yowie Research on Yowie Central. So not last weekend, the weekend before, we had uh, Attila Caldy and Dan Raymond, like Attila, who... Uh, directed and produced uh, Track, which a lot yeah. of people know. Track. And Attila's, uh, about a year ago, Attila came on Yowie Central for a chat too. Yeah, apparently that Track went very well in America. So he's filming Track 2. Uh, Attila and Dan come up from Sydney and spent some time with this. They were staying at Springbrook in a log cabin in the rainforest. And these two guys, the stories that they they've told you know you say some people just attract stuff well these guys definitely do on that night they had all sorts of weird things going on knocking on the door i think they saw a a shadow or a figure um, in the rainforest um, maybe a light and all around their cabin were the signs that we'd been finding so it was very active there some of the stories they said uh, or told us was was amazing. Um, and that sort of leads to all these incredible things that happen out there in the forest that a lot of people don't realise. There is, as Buck would say, uh, high strangeness <laughs> going on out there. And we had a chat about that. And I said, well, just imagine the millions or billions of years that the earth has been active with animals and insects and subspecies of humans and all that sort of thing, all the anxieties of life for each individual, those trillions of trillions of lives, um, there'd be a lot of energy, perhaps residue, yeah. uh, still hanging around in forests. Why the forest? Because you know, it's abundant with life as trees and you know, plants and and all that sort of thing that may harbour things we don't know at all. That just seems to be where all, well, most of the strangeness comes from. It, it is the forest, and some of the, some of the they, the nasties out there, uh, they come in all different sorts of forms. From what we're being told, uh, people. Look, look, the other day I listened to one of your interviews that we'd uh, received here at AYR, and the guys talking about. The stick man, which you said looked like what the Aboriginals had painted on cave walls. Oh, yes. Talking about uh, something that was like you and I, but not like in a human form, set with a more of a cat like head. Yeah. Um, but the dog man entity as well. And then you've got all these orbs that, you know, physical. I mean, there's there's no mistaking it. It's not like somebody taking a photo and you're seeing uh, a white orb that could possibly be dust. We're talking about something that changes colours and is solid, yet translucent. Yes. That does intelligent movements. Well, that's what so, we got. We've just got a rep- somebody contacting us about seeing a Yowie, but in that translucent kind of cloaked outline they could see it they could see the shape but it was tr- translucent and that was uh, springbrook so i'm looking forward to talking to that person actually i haven't spoken to them yet but i'll, I'll organize an interview for the next week or two 
you know, you sort of ask yourself a question, well, why doesn't all this sort of stuff happen in the cities? Well, I'll just refer back to what I said before. Forests are full of energy. And why? Because there's trees and plants and uh, energy, basically animals. And it all, I mean, if it's all surrounding each other, it's it's this one big melting pot of energy compared to a city, which is predominantly, uh, yeah, there's humans, a lot of humans, but you don't have the forests and the animals and, and this and that. It's just all been raked out, so to speak. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There are, there are strange things going on in cities too, particularly in old buildings, but, but different kinds of high strangeness. You know, you well, you get your hauntings and all that. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe less of the strange cryptid creatures that we see, that people see out in the bush. Well, you won't see somebody with a cat's head walking down the main street of New York. <laughs> or a goat, or a goat man either. <laughs> They seem to stay clear of those situations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cat man's a nine foot, about nine foot tall, quite slim build, hairless, dark, but with a, with a jawline like a cat. Um, very strange, very strange creature. But we've had more dog man type creatures reported, as you know. Yeah. Uh, predominantly with green eyes, which is interesting and Doberman-shaped ears which stick straight up and a pronounced snout. Yes, and this is uh, – quite a few people have asked me about Dogman lately and I what I think of it and apart from the fact that I have no idea what it is, uh, it's, it's – I find it absolutely fascinating. And is it, is it connected to, to werewolf mythology? Is that where is that where the werewolf mythology started? Well, this is it. This this and you know that's one of my beliefs. I think that's where werewolf may have began in America all those years ago. Was an entity like this with that description being reported? That which begs the question: Where do they come from? Are they? Did they evolve bipedally? Have they evolved from wolves or dogs, or have they? Or are they some strange? hybrid creature or are people simply mistaken or are people hallucinating yeah we have we have a lot of uh, anomalies here within the yaoi as well which you know doesn't help you know particularly say something like the diamond shaped eyes yes 
Um, we've had, uh, I think, Wellington or Dundee in New South Wales, 2010, Jamison Valley, 2000, um, Cat Eye, 2017, Austinville, 1997. We've um, got uh, Wapper Dam sighting. Yep. Uh, we uh, talking about his father's sighting of the year with the triangular eyes. That's right. Which is all quite interesting, but the one of the most bizarre is sideways blinking eyes. <laughs> that, uh, that's so, when, reptilian. Yeah, reptilian eyes. Mm. In a Yowie's body or? Yeah. 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 Uh, we've had th- three of those. Uh, double row teeth, which we've heard about in America, and even triple row teeth. Wowee. I haven't heard the triple row teeth. <laughs> Personally, I find all these reports very inconvenient. <laughs> They're not helping. Well, you can't fit them neatly into what, no, what we've, no what we've established that a Yowie might be, can I you? I know. <laughs> exactly right. Then, you know, Australia has the big ones and the small ones where America doesn't quite have that sort of diversity. And we're so – so many people out there are so – hanging their hat on the argument that they are real animal, flesh and blood, like any other creature on earth. Um, but I'm they... hoping... Go on. Because I hope, I'm hoping they are, they are because that makes even, that make things even more difficult for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think anyone's got a snowflake's chance in hell of catching one of these things, really. I... I I seriously don't think it's possible. I mean, I, I can always stand corrected. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert and I don't know everything about these beings at all, but I, there's, there's way too many mysteries and strange uh, characteristics myst- that, that make me think there's something, there's something not quite plain old flesh and blood here. It's not like the, it's not like the panda, which was or the silver the, or the gorilla, which was you know, discovered by Western civilization quite late in the piece. It's it's something else. It's something other than that. It's it stemmed down to the the forest because that's where all this, as Buck would say, high strangeness is emanating from. Uh, you're getting all these weird entities being seen around forests. Are there portals there? Is, are there particular geological formations that encourage yeah, but why that? Why is that happening in a city, though? Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe they are because I I have interviewed people who've seen Yowies pretty close to cities, like on the outskirts of large cities. Well, where I was chasing Norma, that was between two uh, large townships. There was a a forest corridor between two. And a lot of people say, well, that doesn't make sense. But, geez, I've heard stranger. They do get very, very close to homes. Yes. Well, even in homes, for that matter. Well, what about that guy I interviewed uh, for – well, he, he put a report in through Australian Yowie Research, but he was from the UK. That uh, was the one – he lived in Salford near Manchester. That was in the city. Like, that's – there was parkland around that he could perhaps link to and, and get to, but it was pretty much on the outskirts of, of a large metropolitan city. So I, I've got no explanation for that. I wish I did, but I don't. Well, I do have one witness that claims that she saw a portal open and a Yowie be present there. Oh, wow. The door basically opened and she lived on, well, basically in forest. 
back, uh, back windows of a lounge room uh, backed onto forest. And it was nighttime. And she said when this door opened, it was just a big, big beam of radiating light came and this figure just presented itself and walked out. Oh, she's just a little bit out there. Who knows? Yeah. Do you remember where it was? Yes. Oh. I remember very well because I got into a, an investigation in the situation uh, that scared the heck out of me. I ended up saying, no, 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 no. Oh, really? What happened? I was, I was really bad. No, well, I can't name names. Uh, basically, I got a call from a woman, ex-Asia, and she had a few issues with her husband, who, who she claimed uh, was now an alien. Right. Uh, she said, the reason I know this is because these aliens aren't doing their homework. Sometimes he's three inches taller. Sometimes his eye colourless change. Oh, far out. Uh, you know, the, 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 she said there's all different ones that are sort of manifesting in this big charade of pretending to be the husband. And then the son got into it as well. She said, no, the son's now one. And, and basically, well, the ex-husband, or she's ex now, the husband at the time, he was also ex-Asia. They're both ex-Asia. So they're living on this property. And the first thing she notices was, now obviously the height of her husband is changing from day to day. Hair colour is a little bit different. Eye colour could be brown, could be blue. She said that whenever she mentioned this to him, he would become very uh, aggressive towards her and tell her she's, you know, imagining the whole thing. Uh, then the son is whispering all the time to the father like they've got some big secret going on and she's noticing differences with the son. Uh, she notices something in the roof and the, in the vents in the bedroom roof, uh, she see light and, and, and she hear footsteps walking around and she'd wake the husband up and say, hey, there's somebody in our roof. And he would look up and pretend there's nothing going on, pretend that he couldn't see the light, pretend there was no walking around in there, so you're being ridiculous going back to sleep. Um, then on other occasions, he would walk out the, the back door at the same time, he'd walk in the front door, looking a little bit different. <laughs> right? Another, another occasion, she says she walks into the spare bedroom and hears both the son and... Uh, uh, the husband sitting there on the floor, cross-legged. Uh, the bed's been under, un, unassembled, and they're both looking at their hands, with both, both hands in the air, and they're turning them around each way, gazing at their hands, going, wow, this is amazing. Uh, and they didn't take drugs. Uh, what, another so, time, what, as though, like, they were in a new yeah, body? Yeah, they were analyzing their hands, analyzing their hands. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, another occasion... She says that he's, he, he couldn't work out what, how to put a jumper on. He, he, he said he, he struggled to put a hand through, but she, he couldn't work out to do the other hand or where it went, uh, all that. Uh, there was another time that she, they were making love in their lounge room and they had big bay windows. Now, you might want to bleep this out a little bit. <laughs> That's she, all right. It's not the ABC. <laughs> she, she's, she's bent over the couch. He's from behind. And they're going at it. This is night time. And she notices 
in the reflection of the window, he's waving to somebody outside. And she thought, geez, that's strange. Yeah. It was not not long after then, she said, that's when the portal opened and this figure arrived. Another time, she's in the kitchen, she's doing the dishes at night time, and she catches him, he's outside, and he's standing there having a conversation with an alien grey, looking up at this thing that would have been at least eight to nine feet tall. Another time, there is uh, the son's having a party, or so or allegedly having a party, and all these people turn up, and they're all cloaked, all of them. There's all these cloaked people. As in as it, cloaked wearing wearing a cloak, or cloaked as in disguised? We're just wearing 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 cloaks. Wearing long, flowy cloaks like wizards yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, right. And he was told to stay inside the house. Another time, she's standing at the kitchen window. She's looking outside towards the shed. The husband walks in with a uh, red shirt, walks straight back out two seconds later wearing a blue shirt. Right. What the hell's going on there? <laughs> so anyway, I've been called over to do something about this. And when I'm hearing all this, I'm going, well, they already know. I mean, if, if this is real, if what you're saying is real, they already know. Uh, about what's going on, and they'll know that I'm actually here. I said, look, I could set up cameras. I can set up hidden cameras right throughout this house if I need to, but they'll know about it. And two seconds later, the front door opens, and she's gasp, and it's her son. And the son just walks all the way through the front room, uh, big, big, big rooms, and you can see him coming from the front door from a long way, and he's just transfixed on me, and he walks straight up to me, and he gazes into my soul. He didn't look into my, my face. He didn't look into my eyes. He looked into my soul. It's just to say, and who are you? He puts his hand out, and he just feels, he has my hand, as he's staring, and he's moving his head a little bit from this way to that way, staring into my eyes. Who are you? Who are you? And um, and from that moment on, I said, oh, no, that's that's pretty much it for me because this is too much. No, There's way too much high strangeness going on there. Have you been in touch with her since then? Did she let you know how that resolved? Uh, well, she used to have dreams of being in a craft and going above the Gold Coast. And she explained to me things that she saw that weren't relevant to the time. They all happened afterwards, after she told me. Again, you know, could be coincidence. Um, But she did contact me uh, a couple of years ago and wanted me to go over to her house and... Uh, and see a photo that she claims to be to be a Yowie with an alien. She said she won't be showing anyone else, but wanted me to go over, and I, I didn't. How come? You just didn't feel like you wanted to be involved? I mean, what I said was pretty much a synopsis of that situation. And her husband also went missing a lot, like, and he'd go, he'd make up excuses of where he's going, why he's going, etc. His bank account never got touched for all those times. Well, I brought that up. I said, did you, did you notice any difference in the bank accounts? And where does his mail go? And all that sort of thing. And it was more high strangers. So, no, I, I sort of stepped back from it because I don't think I wanted to be involved in something like that. I mean, what I do as it is, it's hard enough. You don't want to get involved in that 
that sort of thing. No, it's a little bit outside our scope, you know. Oh, I, just, uh, I just think if, if it's real, if it's real, uh, it's potentially dangerous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We seem to get the mentions of aliens and UFOs quite frequently in related we, to Yowie subjects, don't we? We do, uh, that sort of thing, and particularly orbs or these strange balls of light seem to have some sort of consciousness. Yeah. Can you think of any more any more stories of strange anomalous things like that? Oh, I think if I sat down after all these years, I think if I sat down, I think of uh, many. You could write a book on just the strange ones. <laughs> and strange meaning <laughs> Yowie's are strange enough as it is, but when you when you add those extra elements, the woo woo elements into it. Uh, I, I I prefer to concentrate on the one thing. If you're too much across the board, it's not going to mean anything. I'd rather just specialise in the Yowie and, and just stick to that. That alone is hard enough. Yeah, and it must be. I know I asked you this way back when. You know, do do, do you find that people laugh or ridicule you when when they become aware of your grand passion and your research and your all these years of compiling a database and no quite the opposite yeah quite the opposite. In, in fact I, I prefer not to talk about it because it's all I do this is my identity this is what I do this is what I'm faced with every single day um, sometimes it's nice to have a break sometimes you don't want people to know because you don't the first thing they want to do is know all about it so well you know I've got my people and I'd rather talk to them about it well that's what I'm saying in my own mind you know I've done a seminar at Bowser 3 at a local service station because they've seen my number plates you know, a group of Americans <laughs> I've had people waiting behind my car at uh, shopping centres because they want to talk to me on the side of the road, if I've gone for a jog or something, I've parked my car. I've had people waiting for a selfie. <laughs> You're so always, famous. <laughs> people are always taking photos of the back of my car or pulling up beside me, saying hello. And well, you do wave. drive a beautiful BMW with a Yowie number plate, so well, <laughs> you're kind of asking for it. <laughs> I've been told it's one of the most recognisable cars on the Gold Coast. <laughs> so no speeding for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty pretty well known. So you no, know, I, I don't have a I don't have a bad reception uh, because I don't really talk about it. And like I've always said, my role isn't to convince anyone. I just present the facts. Yeah, yeah. And and we, you and I both know, there's no point in trying to convince someone of the existence of Yowies. Um, I don't care. I've got too many people wanting to tell me about their experiences yeah. that are listening to somebody saying it's not true. Exactly. Yeah, which is more important? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't give a, I couldn't give a stuff now what what other people think and yeah, and, and if someone demands that I give them evidence, uh, it's like oh whatever, go and <laughs> go and research yourself. I can't be bothered with you if you haven't done any research yet. It's not up to me to convince you of anything. Exactly right. Exactly right. You've taught me well, master. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hey, thank you, Grasshopper. <laughs> Sensei. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Fuck Knuckle in the United States and how you've, you you can become you have been a target for horrible people sometimes? I don't really like to give people oxygen. I, I don't have any haters or many haters per se. When you're a public person, 
you're going to get it. And there's another saying saying, well, if you've got no enemies, chances are you have no friends. <laughs> um, but in my position being public, I don't feel I have many foes, uh, except for probably one person who you know, is associated with the Skeptic Society. He came along under false pretenses on our forum, the AYR forum. Uh, he tried to sidle up against people and gaslight them, like again, pretending he's a big fan of the whole thing, and tried to change people's opinions. And then things got worse and worse until he had to be removed from the forum because he was disruptive and you see that his personality wasn't quite right. And so then he, he started, well, he went into a, a forum with basically a, a group of haters. And well, when I say haters, they were just, just people of like-minded uh, idealisms uh, based on the skeptic society and their love of it. Uh, and that's fine, didn't didn't bother me at all. But then he started his own website and, and he started to say, oh, the, Dean Harrison being hit uh, by a Yowie, that was all fake, that's all nonsense. You know, he made the whole thing up. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, based on what? Oh, so, and uh, and he, he wasn't welcome pretty much anywhere in Australia because he'd made a little bit of a name for himself of being just a pest, really, yeah. uh, like a trolling pest. So he went to uh, overseas to the American websites and he's doing you know, the same thing. He's under false pretenses, sidle up against them and pretend he's all about Bigfoot, etc. And now he's telling everyone he's a, he's a, he's a researcher, he's a Yowie researcher, which is, you know, isn't true. He's never done a day of research in his life. <laughs> and, you know, telling them about what you know, Dean Harrison is a, a liar, he's, he's a hoaxer, he's a fraud, he's made the whole thing up. Uh, and on, on his web, he started the web, his own website where he had you know, he's promoting the Skeptic Society in all different forms, you know, their books and their websites and this and that. So he yeah, really showed his true colours there. Yeah. And uh, he just focused on me the whole time, uh, just wrote about me being being a hoaxer. So then he makes up this next story of uh, I fake footprints and I've been caught out faking footprints you know <laughs> what now what? that's ridiculous <laughs> you're kidding me so and and so then he goes he's, he's done this on his website and then he goes to the uh, bigfoot forums and he starts sprouting it on there so i thought okay you know, you, ha- you, you know what you need to be accountable for what you're saying here so we challenged him we said okay well, this is the case all right tell us the facts was there a group of people walking randomly through the bush, round the corner, that sees Dean Harrison bending over with cast and, and with his foot in it, yeah, all that sort of thing? Were there people hiding and then Dean Harrison came that way? Uh, you know, who who were these people to begin with? You know, yeah. Present the facts. And just like rats and cockroaches scurried away in the darkness. Of course, because there's absolutely no substance to that ridiculous claim. So we begin. So, sorry, uh, Ed, there's um, there's no response from you. You've made the claim, come with the goods. Yeah. Not, nothing. So we hit him again, we hit him again, hit him again. He goes to the moderator of Bigfoot Forums and says, oh, they're picking on me. <laughs> I want, and and I, want, I want the thread removed. And so they did. They removed the thread. Uh, then... Oh, gosh, there's a whole – oh, then, you know, of course, you know, I'm in the media, I'm in newspapers. So, you know, he'll pull them up and go, oh, Dean Harrison, known hoaxer. It is on his own website. Yeah. Uh, 
going forward, da, da, da. Remember, this is just one guy out of like the rest of the world and uh, pulling everything apart, everything that I say. And uh, I think at one stage I said, uh, in one media report, I said something about um, quite often in the 18th century, they were uh, referred to as a gorilla or the best description was a gorilla um, because people didn't know much much else than you know, what's what's been in the zoo. And, you know, he, oh, he hits me again on that saying, since when has there ever been a report of, oh, he's just plucking this stuff from the sky. Dean Harris is plucking from the sky. You know, and so I just went back on and said, uh, maybe you should do a little research because that's actually the fact. We all know that. Yeah. So it's another lie. And so he's, he's just, he's just, everything's about me. And then I think when I got that footage of that Yowie at, uh, Belbo Grove. Mm. He, he's dissected that as well. Said, "Oh, he's he's, he's clearly just frauding the whole thing. It's a possum. It's a possum." <laughs> and he totally, he totally ignores the fact that there's a backstory on this of this thing walking down and me watching it walking down. How it comes behind the tree and it puts its head out and looks. Yeah, all this sort of stuff, the size of the eyes, the this, the that, and oh, Dean Harrison is frauding again because he's a known. And so he goes overseas and he goes on all these these websites and uh, forums and, and doing the same thing. So then, when it comes down to the, the footage, the thermal footage we got uh, on April nine last year. Uh, no, it's a guy, it's Dean Harrison, he's frauded everybody again, and, and oh. we've got, hang on, there was actually four of us there that night. Oh, no, well, Buck's just very gullible. Um, <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just sad that, that him and uh, and probably this Gary fella uh, have, have frauded him. Uh, <laughs> it's very sad, sad for, for Buck. Uh, <laughs> and Paul, that, it's so disparaging about Buck as, as well, you know. Well, Buck said yeah. exactly what he said. And then, then he sends he sends Buck this this email, which I'm sure he's done to other people, just trying to gaslight him against me. And, yeah. and Buck just said, "Well, hang on, this is my friend you're talking about." <laughs> and he did the same thing with Steve at Kilkeven when I got hit, saying, "Oh, Steve, Steve thinks it's all a hoax." Uh, Steve will go up against him any time, night and day, say, "You are full of it. I did not say that, and I do not agree with you." So he just tells lies and he gaslights. But the problem is that. He's broadcasting this everywhere, particularly on his own website. So we've had to send a, a lawyer's letter out and, uh, and just get things uh, sorted out because he needs to be made accountable for, the, for these lies. Yeah, that's not, it's not okay. Enough's enough. He's, he's been doing it for years now. Um, I don't know what sort, of, what sort of person is so bitter and twisted inside that they need to, to obsess over someone else and someone else who's done nothing to them, but to to disparage the, the 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 effort and the research and the hard work that you put in you've put in over the years, to just to badmouth you and defame you like that is. is... Oh, he's got a chip on his shoulder, that's for sure. Now he had the gall to turn up at the Nana Glenn conference, which was hilarious. He turns up, people realise who he is, give him the hot, the cold shoulder. No one wants to talk to him. Anyway, a couple of people were laughing and taking a couple of photos of him. And the comments were, and which is true, he looks like a washed-up alcoholic uh, who's coming off the street for a sandwich and spare change. Oh, dear. Right. That were the sort of comments 
that we're getting around because he really does look dishevelled. I mean, he's an awful. I'm not. I mean, I'm sorry that he has you know bad genetics or whatever you want to call it. We don't need to concentrate on his aesthetics, but no, he's he's a very unfortunate looking individual. Uh, and that's one thing that gets commented on a lot. He doesn't have the look of credibility. His his clothes were less than what they should have been. I think he's wearing thongs or something. And uh, and then he's got a picture of himself on his website, uh, looking like a a total loony. Right. I know that his, his his son tried to espionage my Facebook at one stage a few years ago, and the and the profile picture of his son. He's holding a beer with two cigarettes out each ear. Well, oh, that's classy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, give me a bit of that. That's the, sort of, that's the sort of background you're looking at. That's right. a classy person. It's just a total liar about everything. Oh, very, this got a cheap yeah, very unpleasant and kind of and hurtful, I would imagine. Frustrating and uh, infuriating, I would imagine. Well, for, for, for me, not. No, I mean, it doesn't worry me that much, but he does, he does need to be accountable for his words. Yeah. Well, maybe I get more pissed off on your behalf than you do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm too busy doing other things to worry about small small fish like that. Yeah. Well, hopefully we, we, he uh, stops what he's doing now that he's he's getting a bit of – he's what? getting serious pushback from you. Hopefully he'll he'll find something else to do. <laughs> and that was Dean Harrison, founder of Australian Yowie Research. As this is my 100th show, a special show, and I wouldn't have a show without all of you beautiful people listening out there, I thought I would give away a few Yowie Central caps. I've got 10 caps here to give away. I've got three trucker caps and I think there's seven baseball caps. So if you'd like one, send me an email telling me why you enjoy listening to Yowie Central and I'll pick my favourite ones and I'll announce the winners next week. Make sure you put your postal address in the email so I can send the cap out to you. It's open to all of my listeners, so if you're in the United States or any other country, you're also welcome to send me an email and I'm more than happy to send you one to wherever you are. My email address is yaoicentral at gmail.com. Remember, if you've seen a yaoi or had an unusual experience that you'd like to get off your chest and share with the Yowie Central listeners, I'm always taking submissions and I would love to hear from you. So get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. And that's it for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday, same time, same place. Have a great week and I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
rich, you pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.